is the Under Center Podcast. Perfect. Well, uh, we'll move on to the next story and let's talk about the San Francisco 49ers because they are looking quite purdy at the moment. I'm sorry, I had to say. I'm very sorry. Um, they demolished the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by 35 points to 7 on Sunday in Brock Purdy's first official NFL start, um, despite him coming in obviously early um, in the game, in the last game with the Jimmy Garoppolo injury. Um, and with all those offensive weapons and scary good defense, he looked comfortable trying for two touchdowns and rushing for one as well. And um, Adam, I'm going to start with you on this and I'll open it to everyone else afterwards, but has Kyle Shanahan secretly sort of brought taught up the perfect offense that doesn't actually need a decent quarterback? Um, crazy as it may sound, but it seems as though he has set up the ultimate plug-and-play system that any QB could uh, fit into. Uh, Rain, I even have hopes for you that you could actually get into that system and you could still lead them to a Super Bowl. But Adam, what have you thought about this 49ers team? Yeah, they just seem to know how to win at the minute. Um, Brock Purdy's came in and he's not really Mr. Irrelevant anymore. Um, you know, he's lost Debo Samuel. How long he could be out for, we don't know. That may affect him this week. So we'll see how things go. Brock's now carrying his own injury. Um, but they definitely have picked up the last few weeks. McCaffrey is just a threat and everything. You know, he's starting to pass the ball even. So I do think, as you say, there's another... You know, McCaffrey's come in and stepped in the possible. I know it's a jerk play, but if he needs to step in, I'm sure he could do a job. So it definitely has helped him. Look, I don't know how much credit I give Shanahan. The system seems to be just build a big-ass O-line, and I'm pretty sure every coach knows how to do that. After that, as long as you make your offense about managing the game and have Christian McCaffrey in the backfield, you're going to look good with whoever under center. Rain can attest to this. Baker Mayfield kept that starting job at the Panthers because Christian McCaffrey was standing about four inches to his left and did most of the heavy lifting. Now Purdy came in. He did fine. To me, this just proves that we should stop disrespecting Bill Belichick when we talk about Tom Brady. Because let's be honest, Bill Belichick eats rookie quarterbacks for breakfast. That was nothing got to do with Tom. And he couldn't get it done now when he was away from Bill Belichick. So I think we need to sneaky give Bill Belichick a little bit of credit here and give the San Francisco offensive line a lot of credit here before we start calling uh, Shanahan the reason for all these wins. Well, I mean, I think we do need to give Shannon a lot of credit for the wins that the 49ers are getting. His scheme seems to be excellent. I like the way he moves all his parts around. So you'll see, um, we saw at one point in the game, Kittle was lined up in the backfield and Christian McCaffrey was lined up out wide. And that really forces a defense to kind of broadcast what they're going to do and what sort of coverage scream they're going to have. And that is down to Shanahan and the way he designs plays. So I think we do need to give a bit of credit there. I also think we need to give a bit of credit to Brock Purdy in this instance. Like he's a seventh round guy, the last pick in the draft. And he went out there and he looked pretty unflappable. Like he didn't make any mistakes. A lot of guys would be very nervous going into their first start of the season, lined up opposite like the one of the greatest of all times in Tom Brady. And I think that must be the first time Tom Brady's been beaten by a guy who was drafted lower than him in the uh in the NFL draft. But yeah, look. I think uh, Kyle Shannon needs a lot of respect for what he's done out there. 
there's a reason coaches coming off his coaching tree are getting jobs left, right, and center. Um, and I think they are going to still be dangerous in the playoffs, regardless of who they have at quarterback. Yeah, I don't get me wrong. I think I saw a stat after the game that I think Brock Purdy was the first. Um, either it was the he's the first player to beat Tom Brady in his first start, or he's the first rookie to beat Tom Brady. Um, uh, first start was it? I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. First QB to beat Tom Brady in his first start, which is um a crazy stat in itself. But like I said, a a lot of it goes down to how dominant that defense was, and you know, uh, pretty much swallowed um Tom Brady whole in that game and didn't give him a second. And you know, the Bucks have struggled this year, um, but like their offensive deficiencies were on full display on Sunday and. Like that, uh, Reen, you're the perfect person to ask because that is your division. What is going on? Who does anybody actually want to win the NFC South this year? It doesn't look like it, does it? Like everybody's playing bad football. And actually, it's an interesting point. I think kind of the um, the Buccaneers, they're on a downward trajectory. The Falcons, they're on a downward trajectory. Uh, the Saints are, well, the Saints are just not great. They've been pretty stable at being not great throughout the entirety of the season. So the only guys who are kind of looking a little bit up at the minute are the Carolina Panthers. Um, it's interesting to see Tom Brady, the way he played in that game, and a few games before that, to be honest, he has not looked good. Usually he's a very, very good quarterback at reading defenses and making sure he throws away from the danger man but he has had multiple interceptions in the last few games. And it's, yeah, it's just not very Tom Brady-esque. I wonder, is his confidence a bit shot from the lack of time that he's getting behind that god-awful O-line? Yeah, it's interesting that the Panthers are your only team on the upward trajectory there. Interesting. In the NFC South? Yeah. Uh, I yeah. say, I well, see, you can't really say the Falcons are on downwards. Right? They're changing QBs now to the QB that everyone wanted or expected to be under center. So maybe they're at a level ground similar to the Saints, and we'll see how Desmond Ritter gets on in his first few games before we say they're on a downward trajectory. Um, but we'll see. Before we move on very quickly, and it's interesting you're talking to Tom Brady there. Adam, you are our Patriots fan. Report came out on Sunday before the games that Tom Brady is taking all um, factors into account before deciding what he's going to do next year. He is a free agent. The report going around as well is that the Patriots may be looking to move off from Mac Jones and bring back Tom Brady. Is that something you'd be in favour of? I'd rather remove all from Matt Patricia and that will solve Mac Jones' problems. <laughs> um, I mean, it's hard to say no to Tom Brady relevant of being 46 years of age but I just don't think it'll be worthwhile you know you've got Billy Zappi in there as well who's been capable of stepping in when he's had to this year but if we can get a better true offensive coordinator next year I think Mac will go back to the way he was in his rookie year when he had McDaniels yeah I think you just need a bit more offensive talent right like a, a proper stored wide receiver would definitely help you out. I know, uh, what's the name of your running back? Stevenson, is it? I know you've got a pair of running backs there. They're doing pretty well. If you like, It seems like they're pretty close. And I think Bill Belichick's already proven that he works really well with a, with a quote-unquote game manager style 
quarterback. So I don't know why you would rush particularly to move on from Mac Jones. Like you said, maybe it's more of a Matt Patricia issue of running the offense the way it needs to be run for the talent that you have on the pitch. I tell you what, yeah, though, I mean, that I offense. That I tell you what, though, that off... Sorry. I tell you what, though, that offense that uh, the Patriots were running at the weekend was ideal for Tom Brady. They, I don't think they threw a pass over like 10 yards in the game. It was just the same old stuff out of Matt Patricia. And it would suit Tom Brady down to the ground. But yeah, as the boys said, I don't see why you would move on from Mac Jones at this point. Particularly not since he had a Pro Bowl season last season. And this year, it's not like he's not completing the passes. He's just not getting the opportunity to throw downfield. Yeah. One more side note there that we should mention too, because of I'm sure you've seen the videos going around of last night's game with uh, Devontae Parker. Um, who clearly had a concussion, but the referees nor did the independent, uh, what, what is it called? Independent health official or Judy, I can't remember the name of uh, what they're called, decided to stop the game and were going to allow a play to go on with him clearly in some distress. It wasn't, it was only for his fellow wide receiver, Nelson Aguilar, pointing out the fact that he's clearly concussed. Um, for the changes that the NFL have said that they were going to make in the wake of the uh, Tua Tungavailoa incidents earlier on this year, this is not a great look for the NFL considering that it's happened again in the same season after they said they're going to make changes. Yeah, look, yeah. You, have to, you have to hope those kind of more obvious ones get picked up. Look, it's a, we've been in football games. It's not always easy to see those. It depends where that... Uh, independent observers situated there was like obviously a, a mass of bodies he kind of got pulled up off the ground pretty quick i saw the video so i can see that he he kind of had himself more steady by the time he went to line up but look these are this is the nfl there's a whole load of technology there's a whole load of cameras we saw it right so there was a camera angle that showed him bumping into his own players after he got off the ground so you would hope that that gets picked up. I think it needs to, a better way obviously needs to be figured out or a better position for whoever's the spotter needs to be picked up. Uh, but then again, look, the right thing happened. we got to put the onus as well on the players. They're closest to the action. They know their guys. Let's get the machoism, the machismo out of the game. If you've got a serious head injury, that's going to cause you permanent issues potentially if you keep getting them. So look, Let's get the players. He did the right thing. He stopped the play. The correct action was eventually found. And at the end of the day, that's part of the protocol. So the protocol did work, but we'd love to be able to pick that up faster, easier, uh, and not have to rely on players to make that call because, of course, this is their livelihood. So they have other things on their mind in that moment. So fair play to Aguilar. He did the right thing. Parker got the treatment that he needed. Uh, we're happy there, but hopefully the NFL can come up with a better way of spotting these things happening. So, Irene, you yeah, want think, to say something there? No, I think Fionn said all there needs to be said. I think maybe, I don't know, could they move to a system where they have a little sensor in the helmet where if it reaches a certain G's, then they're immediately put on like a, I don't know, like a something lights up in the booth and they go, right, we need to watch this player for a little while, something like that. I don't know. But yeah, the, the spotters were meant to be brought in to to fix this issue that it gets caught immediately. And this is one that slipped through the cracks, but thankfully it didn't go on too long. Thankfully, as Fionn said, Nelson Aguilar did the right thing and uh, kind of called out his teammate on, on the head injury. 